And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. I love to hear from listeners, even those that curse me. My email address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. So on yesterday's show, I was pretty critical of the president's uh, Sunday afternoon press conference, actually uh, early evening. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I said the president should stop engaging with these idiot chihuahuas in the uh, White House press corps and, and focus, you know, on on the response to this crisis. Well, yesterday he had another one and uh, it was the best yet. It, it was his literally his best press conference that uh, that he's had so far. We're going to talk about that. But I want to start out today's show talking about the American thinker. That's a uh, a website. They call themselves a blog, but they're really much more than a blog. They're a newspaper for the modern era. They call themselves an opinion site. And, uh, you know, they're, uh, the columns that you read there are heavy on opinion, but they all, they also have a lot of uh, facts that you would not know if you were getting your news from the mainstream media. They, they tell you the facts and then they tell you, uh, their, their opinions on it. So if you're not going over to American thinker, Dot com, you really should because it, it is really becoming the premier website for news and information uh, from conservatives and nationalists. Uh, they were recently attacked in the pages of the New York Times, so you know they've <laughs> they've hit the big time at last uh, for their coverage of the coronavirus. And uh, and if you read the coverage in the or the story in the New York Times where they are attacking the American thinker. You see that the American thinker is much more on point, much more accurate. And the reason that the New York Times is attacking them is because they are going over the heads of the legacy media to, uh, to, to you know, present a counterpoint. Now, I've written for the American thinker, and I can tell you that they do have editorial standards. They're not just your typical blog. They've got an editor that will fact check you and will correct you and, uh, and I've had them refuse to publish my stories when, you know, I couldn't back up the claims that I was being made. Um, but they've definitely got higher editorial standards than the New York Times or the Washington Post. And at this point, <laughs> you could argue that just about anybody does. Keep in mind that, you know, it was the New York Times and the Washington Post that uh, spent three years on a Russiagate hoax that turned out after extensive investigations by people determined to get Donald Trump was entirely fabricated and really was just a, a, a counterattack by the Democrats uh, when they realized that uh, they were about to be caught out, uh, uh, you know, for the, uh, the steel dossier and the, and the uh, collecting information from Russian sources. Remember, whatever the left accuses you of, they're in fact doing themselves. 
And uh, in the New York Times and the Washington Post were awarded Pulitzer Prizes for their coverage that all turned out to be fake news. Now, why? They haven't had to publish a retraction or apologize or do any soul-searching is uh, is really a mystery, but now they're turning around and attacking other other sites that uh, that were right about the Russia hoax and the Ukraine hoax and and all of this muck that we've been dragged through for the last three and a half years. And uh, and I just I cannot recommend the American Thinker enough to you. You will find some of the best on point, accurate writing. And, and thought-provoking pieces. There are pieces that get a little bit ahead of the news. Almost always, it turns out, that they will be uh, vindicated by developments. But uh, it, And it also offers you a great chance to weigh in on your own in the comments, something that the New York Times and the Washington Post um, are reluctant to uh, to offer. They, uh, I think... Yeah, they both got comment sections, but they're they're all moderated. You have to submit your comment, and then that has to be approved by one of their editors so that they don't get uh, you know get exposed. And I have uh, I've also commented on their sites, and I can tell you that if you hit them back too hard or, or expose their misinformation, their bad reporting, they will in fact not publish that that uh, that post. So go on over to American Thinker and start uh, start reading that today. Hey, shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com and let me know if you read the American Thinker and what you think of it as well. So the president's press conference yesterday, oh my goodness, that was really a tour de force of the Trump presidency where he he showed you know exactly why the American people decided to send a businessman who had never held public office before to the White House. It was a uh, uh, a real inspiring um, celebration of private industry and their role in developing uh, the response to this crisis. They had um, Mike Lindell, the CEO of My Pillow. On there, and it, his, his appearance just absolutely caused a meltdown with the left. He had Darius Adamchek, CEO of Honeywell. He had Deborah Waller, CEO of Jockey, Greg Hayes of United Technologies, and David Teller of Procter and Gamble. And they were all, um, you know, they were they were bragging. Yeah, they were highlighting the you know, the contribution that their companies were making. And if you're, you know, somebody that believes in free enterprise and the private markets, that didn't bother you, but it certainly drove the left. They just absolutely melted down. They want government. They want government to be front and center of this. They want us to believe that, uh, you know, we have to rely on government. Really, uh, the the government response to this has been empowering the private sector in, in order to mobilize to this. And, and uh, cutting through the red tape that normally exists and their Washington bureaucracies in order to, uh, to, uh, to empower them. But, uh, Mike Lindell, CEO of my pillow, he, he has got a, um, a, a personal story that is just inspiring. At one time he was a crack addict. His family had disowned him. He was the absolute bottom. He found Christ and reformed himself, um, 
turned my pillow where they do all their manufacturing in the United States into a powerhouse into the bedding market. And he came up yesterday and, uh, and this is what he had to say that, uh, drove the leftists, especially on Twitter, just absolutely off their rockers. And future needs of U.S. businesses across multiple sectors. How companies are going to prepare themselves when they once again open up and, and changes to their current operations in order to adjust to future threats and pandemics. My pillow has designated some of its call center to help U.S. companies navigate the many issues that resulted from this pandemic. We've, de- we've dedicated 75% of my manufacturing to produce cotton face masks. Um, up to ten, in three days, I was up to 10,000 a day. By Friday, I want to be up to 50,000 a day. Um, I'm proud to manufacture our products in the United States, and I'm even more proud to be able to serve our nation in this great time of need. Thank you, Mr. President, for your call to action, when, which has empowered companies like MyPillow to help our nation win this invisible war. So when Mike was speaking, you can tell that he'd been working long hours. He is, uh, he is run down, his voice, voice is hoarse. And uh, you could tell by looking at him that, uh, you know, he'd been under a lot of pressure. And he's converting his factories uh, to produce these uh, uh, N95 face masks. He's ramping up. You, you know, you gotta you gotta uh, think about what's required to convert a factory floor from producing one product to another. Now, my pillow is you know a big player in the bedding market, but they're a small Minnesota company. And for him to to do that and uh, and start just spin on a dime like they have and start producing an entirely another product is no mean feat. And, uh, and you can tell, and I can guarantee you those are going to be some good face masks. It'll probably be the best face masks in the whole wide world. <laughs> Certainly the most comfortable mask you'll ever own. But here's the part of Mike Lindell's, uh, turn at the mic that really caused the left to melt down. Or, now I wrote something off the cuff, if I can read this. Okay. <laughs> God gave us grace on November 8, 2016, to change the course we were on. God had been taken out of our schools and lives. A nation had turned his back on God. And I encourage you to use this time at home to get to home to get back in the word, read our Bibles, and spend time with our families. Our president gave us so much hope where just a few short months ago, we had the best economy, the lowest unemployment and wages going up. It was amazing. With our great president, vice president, and this administration and all the great people in this country praying daily, we will get through this and get back to a place that's stronger and safer than ever. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, he was, he was putting things in context from his Christian worldview. If you have a problem with that, if you're one of these leftists like Sarah Reese Jones on Twitter, who says you should just refuse to listen to Mike Lindell because the Constitution doesn't allow him to express his faith. If you're somebody like a Jonathan Allen at NBC News who said someone should ask about the division or the decision to run an infomercial from the Rose Garden or John Dossey at the Washington Post who, uh, you know, who says that, uh, you know, the president pointing out that, uh, that my pillow, you know, has, uh, has sold a lot of pillows. If you're one of these leftists, 
that's criticizing and angry at Mike Lindell because he's using his factories to produce 50,000 face masks a day because he, he advised you to read the Bible, then maybe you're just an asshole. That may be your problem. Maybe you need to go in a dark room, close your eyes, and reevaluate your whole life. Mike Lindell was a drug addict who was a failure to himself and his family. He hit rock bottom. And, and the Bible that he urged everyone was his salvation. He claimed himself up. He built an international company from scratch, from nothing. He kept all his jobs right here in America. Now, that's no, no easy thing to do when you're competing in the betting market. He's got to compete with people who pay their workers in a week what Mike Lindell pays his workers in an hour. And the people on the left want to crap on Mike Lindell. They can go to hell. Well, I shouldn't say that. They they should go to church. That's what they should do. If Mike Lindell had been a Democrat and he had been praising um, Barack Obama, CNN would do a, a multi-part series on his life. But he praises God, so CNN and the others despise him, and they can't even restrain themselves from attacking somebody who is making great sacrifices and working night and day in order to help our country through this crisis. Over at CNN, when Mike Lindell started speaking, they cut away. You might. About your companies. Mike, come on up. Come on up, fellas, please. Come on up. You have to say what you're doing because it's been really incredible. Go ahead, Mike. Okay, well, my pillow is a U.S. vertically integrated company, which has been forced to adjust to the changing business. All right, we're going to continue to monitor the uh, White House briefing uh, and uh, get the latest information. The president now saving uh, by what he has done. So Now, what in the world would CNN have to put on in their 24-hour, seven-day-a-week coverage that would be more important from hearing from American citizens, great American companies, to address this crisis. Do they not want you to be inspired? Do they not want you to have faith in, in our system, the American way, the free market? Deborah Waller from uh, Jockey Underwear, <laughs> which I'm going to be buying from now on, uh, came to the mic and pointed out that uh, she had mobilized her company to respond as well. As the president and vice president have said, it's a whole of America approach, and we are committed. Jockey has had a long-standing partnership with Encompass Group, headquartered in Georgia, serving the healthcare community. When we learned of the critical need for PPE, we knew we had to help. That meant restarting production on Tier 3 isolation gowns. Monumental lifting by Jockey, Encompass, FEMA, and the FDA was done in just a few days to be production ready. As a result, we expect to begin delivering 30 to 50,000 gowns per week, helping those that need it the most right now. In addition, this week, we are also donating 10,000 units of scrubs to the frontline doctors and nurses at the Javits Convention Center in New York City. 
We would not have been able to do this without the collaboration of the administration, representatives from the federal agencies, and Congressman Brian Stiles. Thank you very much, Mr. President and Mr. Vice, Mr. Vice President. Thank you very much. Now, could you find anything wrong in that as a, as a normal, you know, America-loving patriot? Could you find anything wrong with a family-owned company from Kenosha, Wisconsin? Uh, bragging. I'll have to say it. They're bragging. They ought to brag. They should be proud. And Kate Long, a reporter for Reuters, says Donald Trump turned his COVID-19 presser into a manufactured in America production. Well, yeah, good. I mean, she didn't say it in a a, a, a complimentary way. She meant it, uh, you know, as a, as a slight It's a great American company. She pointed out, Deborah Waller did, during her speech that during World War II, they manufactured parachutes for for the effort. I guess, you know, uh, them being from Wisconsin, Hillary Clinton doesn't know where that is. She's wondering, where where the hell is Wisconsin? But um, I guess that's what set them off. The president at one point uh, pointed out which was probably the biggest news. Uh, we had heard it before, but we actually got a look at this product developed by Abbott Laboratories, this um, five-minute corona testing device. The president uh, was actually, you know, doing his pitch, man. He uh, he had the product up there. He set it on a table and was highlighting it and, and showing it off. And here's what the president had to say about that. I want to start today by highlighting several critical developments on both the testing and treatment that will help us win our war against the coronavirus. On Friday, the FDA authorized a new test developed by Abbott Labs that delivers lightning fast results in as little as five minutes. That's a whole new ball game. I want to thank Abbott Labs for the incredible work they've done. They've been working around the clock. Normally, this approval process from the FDA would take 10 months and even longer, but we did it in four weeks. Abbott has stated that they will begin delivering 50,000 tests each day starting this week. And as you know, even before this development, we've been doing more test tests than uh, any other country anywhere in the world. So we got to run out to break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-631-9241. 800-631-9241-800-631-9241. That's 800-631-9241. 
Well, I want to give a hat tip to Andrea Weidberg over the American Thinker. She points out that America's approach to this coronavirus is exposing one of the great fault lines in American products, and, and that is the people that believe in the free market and private enterprise versus those that believe that the answer is always big and uh, more intrusive government. And that that's you know existed for a long time, but never has it been revealed in starker terms than right now. In Washington, leaders typically respond to uh, these types of crises by expanding the power of the federal government. In this case, the uh, the Washington bureaucrats, and I, I I don't want to use that term in a pejorative sense. In this case, because um, they have been following the president's lead and and um, and cutting through red tape and and getting the bureaucracies out of the way. But Washington's normal response is to draft new laws and new regulations and empower the federal government and and uh, and at least for the federal government's part in this crisis has been just the opposite. So Democrats, of course, are angry. They uh, they want to see government bureaucrats up there. Uh, addressing the nation, the fact that he put these private sector uh, leaders of uh, industry up there is uh, is driving them to distraction. For ordinary Americans, it's it's comforting, it's reassuring, it's encouraging when we see our private companies that employ people step up. The um, the CEO of Honeywell pointed out that uh, you know they're gearing up to manufacture PPE and they're they're hiring essential workers in uh, Rhode Island and out in Arizona. And they have moved at warp speed, really Im- impressive to uh, re-engineer their factories to, uh, to produce these ventilators and masks and gowns and test kits. And they're producing them in numbers that you could not even imagine. I'm looking at all these uh, these leftist social media um, comments trying to to cast shade and de- de- or, uh, denigrate this effort. Coronavirus is a is a national emergency. It's a miserable experience for the people that have it in the countries that are trying to recover from it. But you know. <laughs> I often point out silver linings in all of this because there are silver linings. For one thing, we're going to be far better prepared the next time a uh, a, um, a virus hits this country. We're going to have a model on how to mobilize and defeat it. But the private industry uh, needs to be credited for bringing clarity about why the United States is a uh, the most successful nation in the history of the world, why our constitution that empowered the states and and, uh, set up a free market turned the United States from an agrarian society into the uh, the industrial powerhouse that it became. And we have to hope that, uh, that we continue to elect presidents beginning in 2020 that uh, continue down this road, empower private, businesses protect our manufacturers from predatory practices by our trading partners 
decouple ourselves entirely from a communist dictatorship in China. And we've got to start marginalizing these hateful people on the left that think that uh, a man that steps to the microphone and tells you how he turned his life around, encourages you to read the Bible, and is making huge sacrifices from himself and his employees to address this crisis, that, something, that something's bad about that. we got to ignore and marginalize and shame these people. we got to run out to a break when we come back. We're going to look at a little bit more of the press conference, and then we'll We'll do our Joe Biden update right after these messages. I'm right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Stick with us. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. So in the first section, uh, we, we highlighted President Trump's press conference yesterday and, uh, and the way he highlighted private industries' contributions to the, uh, to the effort of fighting this coronavirus that uh, came to us from China, the Wuhan virus. One of the ironic things about that press conference is uh, while the president was celebrating private industry's contributions, um, his own businesses that he has built up with a lifetime of hard work may in fact go broke because of this. The uh, The hospitality industry that uh, the president is in is the hardest hit, one of the hardest hit in this, uh, this whole crisis. And the president, unlike all of the other hotels is, is being barred from, um, getting any of the relief funds and the recovery act. Trump's hotels will be the only hotels that don't receive any relief from this economic destruction of the Wuhan virus. And that was uh, purposely inserted into the bill by Chuck Schumer, who uh, you know can't stop his uh, his hatred long enough to to um, to address this crisis. Of course, he he held the the bill up by almost a week at the uh, insistence of crazy Nancy after she got back from her vacation, flew flew back to Washington on a private plane. 
And, you know, Trump is, uh, he's no spring chicken. He's, and especially after you leave eight years in the presidency, he's, he's going to be about done. And it, it will be his family that, uh, or left the business that their father uh, created. And all of these people attacking Ivanka Trump and Don Jr. and Eric Trump and Laura Trump. You know, don't tell me that this family has not sacrificed because their father uh, became president. Um, they're on, uh, you know, uh, they're in a position that they would never have been in um, trying to save this company. And, uh, and, you know, the reason they inserted this is because the left, they want to destroy the Trump organization. They want to destroy the Trump family. They want to destroy anything, you know, with the Trump brand on it because, you know, they hate this president so badly. Most of their hatred is based on this Russiagate hoax. And the president, uh, you know, is, is, uh, is doing things that is outside of their ideology. They want government to be in charge. They don't want uh, a president coming in and telling us that our, our salvation is in, um, is in the private sector. So I've noticed that a, a lot of uh, governors have been interviewed on these news shows and mostly the uh, moderator will try to tee them up to criticize the president. Most of them have sense enough not to. Como, for his part, you know, he he sort of uh, toggles between attacking the president and praising the president. But you'll notice when they're interviewed on these shows that none of the none of them are ever questioned by the the moderators on why their states are so unprepared for this pandemic, why they didn't stockpile protective equipment, why they don't have enough ventilators. You would think that states like New York and California, you know, this this pandemic shouldn't have caught them so flat-footed. Why do they immediately turn to the federal government to bail them out? Could it be that they're spending all of their tax dollars on social justice projects and all of these these other harebrained leftist schemes instead of actually doing their jobs. The states are supposed to be the primary authority in our, our federalist system to respond to crisis, and it's their responsibility. And when they get up there and they, they scream that they need help and that uh, you know they can't do anything about it, Somebody needs to ask him, you know, why you were caught flat-footed. The president's been there for three years. These governors, in, in many cases, have been in government, uh, state government, for their entire lifetimes. You know, that relief package, that, um, that $2 trillion relief package, the, the Democrats were able to insert a bunch of pork projects for their buddies like the Kennedy Center and the National Endowment for the Arts and uh, uh, public broadcasting and refugee resettlement and a whole host. They got billions of dollars. We tried to put uh, money in there for Planned Parenthood. And the Kennedy Center, which is a performing arts center there in Washington, D.C., that always gives the back of its hand to Trump. They don't invite him to these presidential galas like they uh, traditionally have. They got $25 million in taxpayer money out of this bill. 
And then they turned right around after receiving this $25 million and laid off all of their musicians of the National Symphony Orchestra. I guess that is a strategic decision because, you know, now they can uh, uh, let the federal government pay their salaries instead of doing it themselves. So, you know, maybe that could be justified as a strategic decision, you know, to navigate this. But the really maddening part is that the Kennedy Center turned around after getting that $25 million in pork that the Democrats inserted in this bill and wrote a check to the Democrat National Committee for $5 million. The Kennedy Center gave $5 million to the Democrat National Committee after the Democrats in the Senate inserted a $25 million line-item pork to this rescue bill. That is nothing less than a kickback. That, you know, they like to call the president uh, uh, a, a mafia. Well, that's... That is the very definition of uh, the way that that, uh, mafia and other corrupt institutions do business. It's a kickback, nothing more, nothing less. Someone ought to investigate this. There should have been uh, provisions in the bill to, to prevent this sort of kickback and corruption. They tried to do it with Planned Parenthood, too, and they normally do it with Planned Parenthood. I think Planned Parenthood in a typical annual budget gets about $500 million in taxpayer money. And then they turn right around and they, uh, they fund, uh, leftist candidates and Democrat candidates to, uh, to, you know, keep, keep the gravy train rolling. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I was praising at the top of the show, this, this press conference, I I'm convinced it was by far the best that the president has conducted. Anybody that that watched it, uh, you know, that that tuned into Fox is only one I think that carried it uh, live for the whole press conference uh, was given reason for hope and encouragement. And I got to give it to the press corps. Most of them that the president called on yesterday uh, confined their comments to actual stories or actual questions about this crisis and the administration's response. And toward the end of calling on the uh, the assembled press, the president, I, I guess over his uh, his best instincts, called on old Jim Acosta and uh, Yamichi Alcindor. And here's uh, here's Jim Acosta's question. Now you know this is in the time. Got to keep it in context. This is in the time of a national crisis. But uh, Jim Acosta is not concerned about that. Jim Acosta wants to ask a gotcha question that, uh, that you know, can try to make the president look bad. Let's give it a shot. Sir, uh, what do you say to Americans who are upset with you over the way you downplayed this crisis over the last couple of months? Uh, we have it very much under control in this country. The coronavirus is very much under control in the USA. It's going to disappear. It's like a miracle. It will disappear. Mr. President, why couldn't you predict the future? You know, we love to uh, read your mind and and predict the future, but why weren't you able to predict the future? 
at March 4th, uh, we have a very small number of people in this country infected. March 10th, we're prepared. We're doing a great job with it. It will go away. Just stay calm. It will go away. What do you well, say to Americans who believe that you got this wrong? And I do want them to stay calm. And we are doing a great job. If you look at those individual statements, they're all true. Stay calm. Uh, it will go away. You know it, you know it is going away. And it will go away. And we're going to have a great victory. And it's people like you and CNN that say things like that, that uh, it's why people just don't want to listen to CNN anymore. You could ask a normal question. The statements I made are, I want to keep the country calm. I don't want panic in the country. I could cause panic much better than even you. I could do much. I would make you look like a minor league player. Well, he is a minor league player. He's worse than that. He's a political hack. He takes his opportunities uh, at these nationally uh, televised press conferences dealing with an emergency that's killing people to continue to grind his axe against this president. If I were President Trump, I would have gone back and, and asked Acosta, why was your network so late to this? Why did your network criticize me when I enacted a travel ban from China to try to address this effort? Why were you so focused on an entirely fabricated sham impeachment when you should have been uh, covering stories about a uh, the rise of a, a pandemic in China, why have you shown so little interest in the exact origin or the actual origin of this virus? You know, there are two explanations for the origins of this virus. One, China is uh, allowing the operation of third world um, wet markets where they they butcher wild animals, mix their viruses together, sell them for human consumption, which is a Petri dish. This is the, the perfect uh, breeding ground for these kinds of viruses. And two, why do you show no interest whatsoever over at CNN of the fact that the virus originated in the location where China is reported to be uh, experimenting with germs possibly for germ warfare why is that of no interest to cnn could it be because cnn wants to continue to have access to the emerging chinese market that would be a good question to ask acosta i would love a a news conference one day where we get to ask hard questions of of some of these media that have turned a blind eye to the actual origins of this virus and then, you know, Michi Alcindor, an uh, intrepid so-called reporter for uh, public broadcasting, NP, not NPR, um, PBS, the president called on her, too. Said several times that the United States has ramped up testing, but the United States is still not testing per capita as many as many people as other countries like South Korea. Why is that? And when do you think that that number will be on par with other countries? Yeah, well, Could it be because South Korea, as a country, has about fifteen um, percent or twenty percent of the population of the United States? Could that be the answer? It's, it's very much on par. The, the, look, look, well, per capita, we have areas of country that's very wide. I know South Korea better than anybody. It's a very tight. Do you know how many people are in Seoul? Do you, do you know how big the city of Seoul is? 38 million people. That's bigger than anything we have. 38 million people all tightly 
wound together. We have vast farmlands. We have vast areas where they don't have much of a problem. In some cases, they have no problem whatsoever. We have done more tests. What I didn't, I didn't talk about per capita. We have done more tests by far than any country in the world, by far. Our testing is also better than any country in the world. And when you look at that, as simple as that looks, that's something that's a game changer. And every country wants that. Every country. So about the five rather than asking a question like that, you should congratulate the people that have done this testing. Well, I don't necessarily want Yamichi Alcindor to congratulate people, but I do want to, them to ask relevant questions that actually shed light on this instead of constantly playing these gotcha games. Their whole narrative is they're trying to pretend that the president was caught out on this, that he was late to the crisis. They want to ignore the fact that the president, while under impeachment and undoubtedly, you know, distracted by the Democrats, uh, 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 jihad, in fact, was moving on this crisis while they, the Democrats and their mouthpieces of the media were focused entirely on impeachment. They want to pretend that the president was late to it. And, uh, of course, we know when he did close uh, travel from China, uh, he, was a, he was accused of being a xenophobe. Here's old Joe Biden on the campaign trail back in Iowa when the president closed the travel from China. Coronavirus emanated from China. A national emergency, you know, worldwide alert. Come on, Joe. The American people need to have a president who they can trust what he says about it. Sounds like he's going to sleep. That he is going to act rationally about it. In moments like this, this is where the credibility of a president is most needed as he explains what we should and should not do. This is no time for Donald Trump's record of hysteria xenophobia, hysterical xenophobia. To uh, and fear monger. Oh my God, he sounds like he's about to go to sleep. He accuses the president of xenophobia. I guess that's a irrational fear of xenos. That's a, a favorite leftist term: xenophobia, Islamophobia, homophobia. Pretending that anybody that disagrees with their left-wing agenda is somehow mentally ill. No, no. The Democrats and the media were entirely obsessed with impeachment during the early days of this crisis. And if you, if you go over and check the record on CNN, you can see that they were saying that the president was overreacting, that there was no reason for alarm. And still we've got no coverage on China's role in this from the mainstream media. You can go over to American thinker and, uh, and the Hill and uh, the Epoch Times and find coverage of that, but you won't find it anywhere in the, the so-called legacy media. Ex- except, I, I must say, on Tucker Carlson's show, Tucker Carlson has really become an indispensable um, show, uh, the coverage of this. You got Hannity and, and Ingram on Fox, but um, they don't, uh, they're, they're not as uh, deep and insightful as Tucker's show. Hannity's show is sort of a, a warm, warmed over recap of his three hour daily radio show. Um, it's entertaining, but it, uh, it, it rarely, um, breaks new ground. I guess it's been about a month ago that Stephen Mosier appeared on Tucker's show. Stephen Mosier is a, a writer and, uh, a, a fairly harsh critic of China on many fronts. And this is what he said. Come on clip. 
So this is one of those topics Hello, that nobody Tyler. wants to touch. Um, but because we don't actually know where it came from, um, in point of fact, I think it's worth exploring all potential explanations. Tell us why you think it's possible this virus escaped from a lab. Well, I think I think it escaped from the lab because uh, we have the Chinese government basically telling us that it did. Uh, let me be specific on uh, uh, the 14th. Uh, President for Life Xi Jinping held a meeting at which he talked about the need to increase biosecurity lab safety at uh, at uh, biological research laboratories. If that wasn't clear enough, the following day, the very next day, the Ministry of Science and Technology produced a long document uh, entitled uh, Restrictions on Strengthening Biosecurity Management in Microbiology Labs that Handle Advanced Viruses like the Novel Coronavirus like the novel coronavirus, they're strengthening the handling of dangerous pathogens and viruses in the middle of an epidemic, which suggests what? That they mishandled the virus that they were experimenting on in their lab in Wuhan. Wuhan is the only level four laboratory in all of China. So that's where you would put a dangerous pathogen. Whether you were genetically engineering it to be a weapon or not, that's where you would be experimenting on it. So it makes sense that the epicenter of the epidemic, that the lab there would be the source of that virus. And the other thing, how would it get out of the lab? Most people would think, well, a technician got infected through poor lab procedure and then walked out. So there you have uh, Tucker Carlson breaking the story, you know, any normal uh, media outlet would would think I'm I'm getting late to the story. Tucker Carlson's going to scoop me. I got to get uh, some coverage on this, but not the mainstream media. They continue to turn a blind eye to all of this. We've got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-957-6209. 800-957-6209. That's 800-957-6209. So now's the point in the program where we have to turn our attention to old Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe. You know, this is a recurring theme on this show where we uh, we play the clips where he's misspeaking and uh, slurring his words and um, and, you know, making false statements. If you're getting tired of it, let me know, <laughs> you know, sh- uh, shoot me an email at right now, Jim Dawes, or leave a voicemail at seven, seven, two, two, four, five, zero, seven, 50. Let me know if you, you got the message. Joe Biden doesn't know where he is or what he's talking about. And I, I will, uh, I'll dial back this coverage, but, um, he appeared on, on Sunday with uh, Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd at the time tried to get Joe Biden to say Trump has blood on his hands. 
from NBC News, Joe Bi- or uh, Chuck Todd wants to uh, imply that Donald Trump has blood on his hands. But Joe Biden on that sh- same show claimed that over 20 million people had watched his live streams on YouTube. Let's see if I've got a clip of that. Uh, yeah, let's see if this. Yeah, this is it right here. You know, it's interesting. I, uh, you know, we have a makeshift studio here in my basement, I guess, like you're you're doing it now as well. But the point is that I was surprised to find out just the uh, the the events we did this past week. Uh, I mean, beginning last Monday, over 20 million people have have viewed them and listened. So, okay. you know, there I guess it's just a different way of learning how to try to communicate with people what you're concerned about and what you would do if you were in that situation. 20 million people, Joe Biden says. I don't know if uh, somebody told that to him so that it would encourage him to keep doing it, but it's not true. When Joe Biden uh, broadcast that uh, that so-called coronavirus town hall, there were 632 people watching. <laughs> I, get, I get many, many, many times that uh, that listen to this podcast. You've got the Democrats presidential candidate. Vice President of the United States for eight years, Senator for 40 years, 40 or 34 years. He got 632 people that, that viewed his, uh, his live press conference during which he was scratching his face and coughing into his hands and wandering all over with bullshit stories. 20 million, he says. He's also made statements that, uh, you know, he wrote a op-ed in early February warning about the emerging coronavirus. You can search uh, the Internet until your fingers wear out on the keyboard and you will never find that op-ed that he claims that he wrote because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So... Joe Biden is uh, is confused about a lot of things. Um, he can't even remember. Let me see if I can find this clip. He can't even remember the uh, preamble to the Declaration of Independence. And what we have done is the reason why most of the world has repaired us, particularly after World War II, is because of who we are as a nation. We, the people... We hold these truths, etc. Sounds corny, but it's real. We hold these truths, etc. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Either Joe Biden can't be bothered with those, uh, those intricacies of the preamble, or he, he doesn't know them. I suspect he doesn't know them because it wasn't that long ago that he was saying this. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go. You know the you know the thing. Go, you know the thing. Oh man. Uh, I mean, you know, you know the thing. <laughs> I don't know what to say about a, a presidential candidate from a major American party that can't. Cite the preamble to our Declaration of Independence. Here is a clip where uh, that clip that I was looking for, where Biden's lying about uh, this op-ed. 
way back in January 17th, I argued that this virus was coming. I did a, a uh, I think it was U.S. News and World Report, I did a, a piece on saying it's coming. We got to prepare. We didn't do much at all. Number one. Number two. Well, U.S. I News. I think it's really important. U.S. News and World Reports. Uh, U.S. News and World Reports is out of print. I think they've got a, a a very small presence on the web, but they're not the old U.S. News and World Reports. They were bought up by, uh, you know, some upstart venture capital firm and uh, basically using it as quick bait, clickbait. But you, you go search for U.S. News World Report Biden op-ed. It doesn't exist. He never actually wrote that thing. I don't know if this is another one of, per, uh, you know, uh, purposeful lies or it's old Joe Biden just being confused. And Joe Biden's uh, response to uh, to this crisis is he's going to enact his Green New Deal. Thirdly, we're, we're going to have an opportunity, I believe, in the next round here to use the my uh, green economy, my, my green deal, or uh, to be able to generate both economic growth and consistent with the kind of infusion of monies we need into the system to keep it going. One of the ways to make sure these jobs are available that may get lost or hurt in the meantime is to provide the kind of jobs that are prevailing wages where people are making $45, $50 an hour plus benefits by building new infrastructure. Man, you really got to you really got to listen closely and try to decipher what the hell Joe Biden's talking about. But toward the end there, he says that, uh, you know, these jobs that are created by his Green Deal, he started to say Green New Deal, but apparently that is not uh, performed well on focus groups. He says the workers are going to be making 45 or $50 an hour building Green New Deal infrastructure. That would, uh, that would amount to about $105,000 a year, not including any overtime. So the president, uh, if Joe Biden's president, he's going to pay construction workers over a hundred thousand dollars a year, not including benefits. <laughs> I guess that would be a, a, a great development. Uh, it's it's not going to happen. You can't taxpayers can't afford to pay for this kind of infrastructure, nor can private business with those kind of wages. Joe Biden, send me an email. Let me t- let me know if uh, you want to continue to hear these gaffes and um, and lies coming out of Joe Biden's mouth. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.